are at session three tonight of our Get Growing series here on Wednesday nights. We are learning how to grow as born-again Christians. Amen? Now, you know that uh, when you got saved, you became a child in the family of God. You come into the family of God as a little babe. And you are not meant to stay a babe in Christ. You are meant to grow into a fully grown, mature Christian man or woman. And so we're learning how to do that here on Wednesday nights. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for salvation. Thank you for a brand new start in life. Thank you for washing away all of our sins, making us brand new. And then, Lord... Thank you that you want to transform us and help us to grow and become more mature in you. I pray that you would give us all, no matter how long we've been walking with you, a zeal to keep growing. Bless our time together, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. So let me put our wheel diagram up, and you have a copy of this in your hands. This is a diagram that's sort of guiding our discussion on spiritual growth. And again, I want you to notice the four spokes on that wheel. Those four spokes represent the four foundational disciplines of spiritual growth as a Christian. These are the four disciplines that you need to be committed to your whole life as a Christian to grow. Now, you notice that there are vertical spokes. Those represent your interaction, your personal interaction with God as you grow spiritually. And then there are those horizontal spokes, which represent your interaction with others on the horizontal plane as you grow. Last week, we looked at that spoke that reaches up. The discipline we call prayer. As Christians, we get to talk to God. And we are to be those who are committed to that discipline of prayer. And we talked so much about that last week. Tonight, I want you to notice the spoke that reaches down. That is God reaching down to you. God wants to speak to you. And how does God speak to us? Primarily, today. He speaks to us through his word. Through the Holy Scripture. Through the Bible. And so I'm going to challenge every single one of you tonight. If you want to grow as a Christian, then you must become... A committed, lifelong student of the Bible. Giving your full attention to God's word. Now we have this beautiful book that we call the Bible. It's beautiful, isn't it? And it's a little sizable. Especially those big coffee table ones. Anybody ever seen those? Those big ones? This book is very sizable. It can be 
intimidating. There's a lot of material, enough material to study for your whole life. The Bible is divided up into two sections. The Old Testament and the New Testament. The Bible actually contains 66 individual books or letters, as some of them that are called. There are 39 books in the Old Testament, and there are 27 books in the New Testament. The Bible is filled with every type of genre of literature, history, poetry, wisdom language, prophecy, apocalyptic language, doctrine, teaching, narrative. It's all there. The Old Testament was written over a period of 1,000 years. The New Testament was written over a period of about 50 to 75 years. The Bible was written by over 40, right around 40 that we're sure of, 40 human authors. And these authors wrote the Bible from every walk of life. The Bible was written by kings, by peasants by prophets, by philosophers. The Bible was written by fishermen. The Bible was written by poets, statesmen, scholars. The Bible was written in the Old Testament in Hebrew and some Aramaic. In the New Testament was written by Greek, a special type of Greek known as Koine Greek. But praise be to God, the Bible has been translated into English. Amen? And in fact, the full Bible has been translated into almost 600 different languages. And partial portions of the Bible have been translated into 2,883 languages. God wants everyone on planet Earth to have access to his word. And by the way, that makes the Bible the number one world bestseller. Five billion copies have been sold of the Bible. It's estimated that 100 million Bibles are sold every single year. The Bible also is the most stolen book on planet Earth. It's shoplifted. It's taken out of hotel rooms. It's stolen from houses of worship. Lots of people will, you know, give away Bibles. And I'm cool. If you're going to steal a Bible, go ahead, steal my Bible. I'm good with it as long as the Bible gets out. God has given this book and made it available to everyone. Now, how did this book actually get produced, where I told you that it was written by human authors, you know, real human authors. There was a real guy named Moses, and he wrote Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. There was a real guy named Jeremiah, and he wrote Jeremiah. Luke wrote the Gospel of Luke. Luke wrote the book of Acts. Matthew wrote Matthew. Paul wrote 17 letters in the New Testament. So understand that each one of these books had a human author. But I want you to see a very important verse. 
2 Peter chapter 1, verse 20 says, Knowing this, first, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation, for prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. So every book in the Bible was written by a human author, but under the superintending work of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit moved the human authors along. Now understand, those that wrote scripture weren't dictating letters for God. They didn't just like hear and then write. They didn't go into some trance and start spirit writing. Every human author wrote that book according to their own style, their own language, according to the circumstances that they were facing at the time that they wrote it, their history, their cultural setting, all of that, except that at every detail, the Holy Spirit moved them so that the final product is God's very word. The Holy Scripture written by men under the influence of the Holy Spirit so that the final product is the word of God. And so we read in 2 Timothy 3.16 how much scripture, all scripture, is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. The NIV version says all scripture is God-breathed. So understand that this book is the very word of God. All parts of it. Infallible perfect word of God. Now, I want you to just let that sink in. You know, last week we talked about we have a personal relationship with God, and you get to go talk to him anytime you want. You get to pray to the maker of heaven and earth anytime you want. That's pretty awesome. He's also written you a letter. The Bible is God's word to you. Do you really believe these are the words of God? Oh, how we should be. Give me, give me more. Let me hear God's heart. You have God's very word available to you in English. By the way, there are 58 English versions of the Bible. Don't tell me you don't have access to the Bible. All these different translations. So, this book is to be the greatest influence in your life. It is to be the most important book in your life, Christian. And understand very clear that you need the Bible. And you need to expose yourself to the Bible in order to to grow. You can't grow without reading the Bible. Do you remember when Jesus was tempted 
in the wilderness by the devil. And the devil said, you know, turn these stones into bread. And remember how Jesus responded to that. He said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Now, I want you to notice that Jesus referred to his word as bread. In the Bible, the scripture often refers to itself as food, milk, meat. Listen carefully, brother and sister in Christ. The word of God is your spiritual food. You cannot grow without eating, right? You will not grow physically or stay healthy physically unless you eat properly. Same thing spiritually. You have to eat the Bible. You have to digest it. There are no other shortcuts. If you want to grow, you've got to become a student of the Bible. As you expose yourself to the Bible as well, you are going to get direction in life. You are going to get God's leading in every aspect of life. Psalm 119 says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. This book is a lamp to your feet as you walk through life. In other words, everything that you need to live a successful life here and for all of eternity is made available to you in the written word of God. Everything. About everything. The Bible turns the lights on. It opens your eyes to what God wants and expects of you in your life. It answers all the big questions, the questions that all the philosophers ask. How did we get here? How did the world get here? What's wrong with the human race? Is there life after this life? All of those big questions are answered for you in the Bible. The Bible tells you how to get right with God. The Bible tells you how to live a life that is pleasing to God. The Bible gives you the absolute truths that you can guide your life. The Bible gives you the absolute moral truths that are meant to guide your life. The Bible gives you the priorities that you should have in life. The Bible will teach you and show you how to succeed in all of the details of living, from dating to marriage to parenting to finances to business to communication to conflict resolution to every single thing that we face in life. God's word has all that. You know, when you get a gadget, when you get a big thing like a, you know, like a, a refrigerator, a new appliance, or a vacuum cleaner, or even uh, some iPad or something, or even a new car. You usually get uh, a user guide that goes along with it. Now, be honest with me. Do you ever read the user guide? What do you do? 
you're going to figure out how to run that vacuum all by yourself, man. And you're going to go through all this trial and error, and you're going to get in a, in a, in a pickle. You're not going to, and then finally, you're going to open the user manual, and you're going to say, oh, that's how I should have done it. I want you to understand that the Bible is God's user manual for life. He built you. He created you. He knows all about you, and he knows exactly what type of life you're supposed to live. And you find all of it in the scripture. It's unfortunate that many people live their life trying to do it on their own. And I'm sad to say this, but many Christians do the same thing. They live their lives just without any direction at all. You need the Bible to give you direction in every area of life. As you read God's word and as you expose yourself to God's word, he's also going to change you. He's going to transform you. It is by the Bible that we become brand new people. You know, after you become a Christian, you're supposed to grow and your life is supposed to be different than it was before you were a Christian. In fact, by the power of the Holy Spirit, you're to become more and more like Jesus. And the word of God transforms you into that man or woman that you need to be. Jesus said, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. Look at this wonderful, wonderful verse. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, and of joints and marrow, and it is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Do you see that this is the only book available that's alive? It's living. God is using it continuously. And you will discover, as we all discover when we begin to get serious about reading the Bible... We don't read the Bible. The Bible reads us. The Bible says that it's like a mirror. You look into it and you see and learn these incredible things. It convicts you. It cuts your heart. It judges your thoughts and your intentions. It's a wonderful transforming book. So... You, you can be reading the Bible and you'll, and you'll discover things that you're doing right. And you'll be encouraged in that. And you might look at different ways to do that. You can be reading the Bible and you can discover things that you're doing wrong. And the word of God will convict you, cut you, do heart surgery. You can be reading through the scripture and it will correct Maybe some worldly philosophy that you believed all your life. But you read the scripture and it corrects your thinking. You can be depressed about something and then you read the Bible and it can enlighten your soul. Give you joy and peace. It will absolutely transform you. You can be transformed by the renewing of your mind. 
as you just simply spend time in God's word. Somebody said there should be a warning on every Bible. Warning, this book is habit-forming. Regular use causes loss of anxiety, decreased appetite for lying, cheating, stealing, hating. Symptoms increase sensations of love, peace, joy, compassion. And all of that, I promise you, supernaturally so. The very power of God working through his very word to transform you, to lead you, to guide you, to grow you. It's amazing. So we've talked a lot about what it does. So let's talk about reading the Bible and exposing our... My brother and sister in Christ, you are to be interacting with God's word on several levels. First of all, you should be hearing God's word preached regularly. And hopefully you get that at the church that you attend. Attend a Bible teaching church. Hear the Bible itself taught regularly. Some of you might have some favorite preachers or teachers of the Bible that you can podcast and listen to online. Regularly listen to the word of God being taught. But then most importantly, personally read the Bible for yourself. And I would recommend that you would do that. You would learn to discipline yourself so that you're doing that daily. So last week I introduced this, this concept, which is very important as a brand new Christian. You, you want to you discipline yourself so that you carve out time every day to meet with God. Just you. You and God. You have your little quiet area. I suggest that you do it early in the morning or first thing in the morning. Maybe not too early. Or maybe it's over lunch or maybe it's before bed. Whatever. Just have some time alone. Just you and your heavenly father. And it's during that quiet time that you pray like we talked about last week. And it's during that quiet time every day that you read the Bible. You go through the scripture. Now, it is very, very important as you're reading the Bible that you don't do it randomly. It should be systematic. None of this. You don't do it randomly. You, don't do it. you can get in a lot of trouble. I heard about a depressed guy who did that with the Bible. He wanted to know what he was supposed to do. And, he... and Judas hung himself. That's what he read. <laughs> Shut it again. Open it again. What I told you to do, do quickly. <laughs> you can get in a lot of trouble doing that. You're to read the Bible systematically. There's to be a plan to it. A consistent walk through it. Do you read other books like that? Where you just... Of course not. So I would suggest that you would have 
a Bible plan. There are many different types of Bible reading plans that you can find. You can go out on the internet, Google, and you can find a, a, a reading through the Bible plan that's perfect for you. Here's one that's from uh, the Navigators. Of course, I love the Navigators. This is from their discipleship journal. You notice that in January, February, every day they read from a gospel or the book of Acts and then a psalm and then a Genesis. And they just do that day by day by day by day. There are many plans that you can find where you read through the whole Bible. Some you can read through, you know, the Old Testament once and the New Testament twice. And they have it all laid out like this. You can even buy a Bible that's divided by days of the calendar year. So it's all done for you. And you just go to the day of the year and you begin reading and working your way through it. This year, I found something that I'm going to do differently. This year, I'm, I'm going to totally focus in on the New Testament. And this is reading one chapter out of the New Testament, Monday through Friday, in the order that the books were written in history. So Galatians, then James, then Mark, and all the way down the list. I've never done it that way, so I thought I'd really like to try it that way. And then on the weekends, I'll do Psalms, Proverbs. It'll be something a little different. But you find a Bible reading plan for you. One that works for you. One that you can try out. A systematic way to go through the scripture. And by the way, I did the numbers on this. To read through the entire New Testament in one year would require three minutes per day. You got three minutes? To read through the entire Bible, Old and New Testament, you can do that in a little under 12 minutes per day. This is not something that's out of reach. It's something that we can all do. So you're hearing the word of God taught. You're personally reading. I would also recommend that at some point you get to a point where you're willing to study one of the books. You know, like pick a, pick a book. Man, I'm going after Zechariah this year. Or I'm going to do Matthew. And, and turn that book into a time where you're going to really study and you're going to go in more in depth with it. So you'll learn about things like Bible encyclopedias and, and books that help you with the words of the Bible and history and the culture. And you can get into it. There's a beautiful website that I've used for the last 15, 20 years as a Christian called the Blue Letter Bible. The Blue Letter Bible, it's a website, and it's called Blue Letter because, you know, hyperlink is blue. And you can go through a Bible, and you can, you can click on words and get the meaning that it has in the Greek or the Hebrew. You can do all of this scholarly work. You can dig, you can research, you can learn a book in the Bible. Now, by the way, maybe for you that would mean joining a women's ministry or a men's ministry. You know, men... We just got through studying the book of Romans. Maybe that would help. Or First and Second Thessalonians, we just went through that. First John, the ladies have been going through the life of Jesus. So if maybe you need that structure to help you dig a little more into a book. 
But I would recommend that you would do that. When it comes to the Bible, it's also very important that you might want to start memorizing. Ooh, I said the word memorize. Just take little portions of Scripture and memorize it. Again, navigators, they have this wonderful thing that I got turned on to 25 years ago. It's called the Topical Memory System. And uh, it has a little packet that has these little cards that are perforated. You can cut them. They easily tear apart. And they have verses down in every translation, so whatever translation you like, NIV, New King James, whatever, you can have these cards and you can carry them along with you and you can, and you can memorize them. And I'll tell you what, when you put God's word in your heart, look out, buckle your seatbelt. What God does. The things that you remember. The Bible also talks about meditation. Meditating on God's word. You know, the, the Hebrew word for meditate in the Old Testament, it comes from what a cow does. What is a cow with the cud? Choose the cud. Now think of it, that's kind of gross, right? Chew it up, swallow, burp it up, chew it on some more, right? Chewing the cud. You can do that with Scripture. In fact, in your quiet times, as you're going through the Bible, there's always going to be a verse that'll stand up. And maybe you'll think, I'm going to memorize that. And then you put it in your head. And you know what? You'll meditate on it. So it'll go down. It'll come back up. You'll chew on it. It'll go back down. It's beautiful. Hear it. Read it. Study it. Memorize it. Meditate on it. Take it all in. Take it all in. Now, I wanted to share with you, when I came back to the Lord many years ago, and I I got so excited about growing, uh, one of the things that I did, and again, I want to mention that a great thing to have for your quiet time would be this journal. You know, just you got a journal that's blank, This is something that you write in. You write your prayer requests. As you're reading the Bible, you write down things that God spoke to you about. And it becomes a record of of what God has done. Many years ago when I came back to Christ, I bought a a new NIV version of the Bible. And here it is. This is my baby. This is my baby. There isn't any. All that's in this is scripture. There's no notes. There's nothing. It's just the Bible text on plain white paper, just the text. And this is the Bible that I used for my first five years where I would read from it and I would take notes. And I developed a little system where I would highlight different things different ways. And when I studied a book, I'd mark it up and outline it. So that after five years, this literally became a Terry Gray study Bible that has been with me ever since. And there are times, even to today, but I'll I'll take this out and I'll look back. So the journal's right there in the Bible. And it's a wonderful thing. This year, I took it out, and I'm reading God's word on this baby again. Just something that, you know, 
something new. Find a Bible you can write in. Have, have your journal. Guys, I don't write. No, write. Go for it. Put your thoughts on paper. You, would believe how that, you wouldn't believe how that crystallizes your thoughts and how it embeds God's truth into your heart. So all of these, now listen, all of these are recommendations. There is no right way. There's no wrong way. God wants to meet with you every day. He wants to hear from you and he wants to talk to you. And let him develop that in your life. God will develop a system with you. Make it work for you. It'll be so awesome. Oh, I missed. Oh, I woke up one Monday and I missed it. Oh, I lost my salvation. No, if you miss a day, get up the next morning and start. Don't play those games. It's not supposed to be a religious exercise. It is supposed to be a beautiful relationship that you enjoy with your heavenly father. Where you hear from him, go for it. You don't have to wait till January 1 of next year. Did you know you can start a year any day of the year? So go for it. Now, some of you, this might be totally brand new for you. Listen, get up a few mornings and just start reading at Matthew chapter 1. Read through the book of Matthew. Just read through the book of Matthew. A few verses, one chapter a day. And then if you're going to do something in the Old Testament, start at Genesis chapter 1 and just read through. And I promise you, if you go with a heart to the Lord, Lord, speak. Lord, you will get hooked. You will get hooked. And God will absolutely change your life. And you'll grow. There are so many, many blessings. As you're studying, as you're reading, as you're memorizing, don't forget this very important verse in James chapter 1. Be what? Doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. So as you're taking all this in, no, it's, please know it's not just for academic purposes, okay? It's not so you can impress all your friends at church with your Bible knowledge. Everything that you're learning in the Bible is something that you need to apply. It's something that you need to obey and, and do and give it your all. All right, you will be so blessed. If you begin this, you will grow spiritually. You will begin to know God better. You will get good theology for yourself where you'll be able to discern. You will get protection from temptation. You will get good priorities. You will always keep an eternal perspective in life. You will get personal direction from the Lord himself in your life. All of that. Are you ready? Do you want it? It's available. 
You don't have to go to seminary. It's available for you right where you're at right now. So I highly encourage you to do that. It it really does make a difference in your life. Uh, There's a beautiful promise in Scripture. How can a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to your word. Your word I've hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. At At our men's retreat just last year, there was a man who got very vulnerable, and he talked about how he struggled for all of his life with just a horrific sin in his life, and he could never get rid of it. And he went to God and he said, Lord, help me. And the Lord said, I want you to start memorizing some psalms. This guy started memorizing psalms. I think he memorized the first 15 psalms. He started feeling, filling his mind with God's word. And you know what? He got delivered. God's word frees you. God's word will direct you. In ways like you can't believe. I told you last week about my son, Connor. He's in uh, Cookville, uh, Tennessee. And uh, the Lord is really doing great things in his life. Kim and I have been telling him, you got just start reading God's word every day and you'll hear from the Lord. And, and he used to say, well, God doesn't really talk to me. But he started reading through the Bible. Okay, get this. Here's Nashville. Here's a city called Lebanon, and then here's Cookville, and so he lives in Cookville. When he first moved there, he got a job opportunity in Lebanon. You with me? But he had to take a test in Lebanon, and Connor struggles with tests. He gets a little freaked out by tests, and so he said, you know, we said, keep reading your Bible, keep praying. In his daily Bible reading... The day that he's going to get up and go to Lebanon to take the test. He reads, he comes to this verse in Psalm 92, verse 12, which reads, The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. And for the first time in my son's life, God spoke to him. In a way that he knew only God could hear. And he's hooked. I promise you God will do the same thing. God wants to, God's involved, right? Yesterday I met with a beautiful couple that are going to, they're going to be getting married. And they, they're going to be getting married on Sunday, February 27th. And I said, that's an interesting date. You know, what, what, and they said, well, there's a story behind this date. See, as a couple, they've been reading their Bible together and asking God when their wedding should be. And they were reading in Genesis chapter 8 where the flood's over, the ark finally lands, and God allows Noah to get off the ark with his wife and his kids, and they get to go out and they get to start this brand new life together. Well, it says literally in that chapter that they were allowed to go out of the ark on the 27th day of the second month. Now, that was the Hebrew calendar. But God was speaking to them in English. 
and the American calendar. And so they chose this 27th day of the second month, February 27th, to have their wedding. Because they see it as a brand new start for their families. God leading them into this beautiful, beautiful, brand new life together. God will, God will talk to you. You will grow. And just take steps. Go for it. Every year when we have a graduation celebration, we hand out Bibles to our graduates. And uh, I want to encourage our high school and college graduates to keep, don't, don't ever graduate from reading the Bible. And so we give them a Bible. And I always reference this verse at the front of their Bibles. Joshua 1.8, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it for then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. You believe that? God's speaking to you. Commit yourself to that. Father, I do pray that our time alone with you would blossom. I pray, God, that, Lord, you would give us a desire for your word. Lord, I know there's some here even tonight that are afraid. They're scared to read your word for themselves. Take them by the hand. Show them that they can understand. I pray for wonderful, wonderful times alone with you. Bless these efforts, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.